0: welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you on board this morning. Gary on guns. Garson is in from Grafts in Mexico, Missouri. Well worth the ride. Garson,
1: welcome. How are you this morning? Good morning. I am excellent. How are you today?
0: You don't sound it. You sound (laughs) barely awake. (laughs) Uh, Good morning. I'm fine. Dale Roberts on board. CPOA. Dale, how are you this morning?
2: I am excited to be here. I was up all night with anticipation, although we won't have much to talk about, but I'm still glad to be here. Whose anticipation?
0: Mine. I was wondering who you were up with. Uh, <laughs> state State <laughs> representative. I'm sorry. State representative, it's all right. It's just I'll do it slower next time. Too early. Chuck <laughs> Chuck Basie, State Representative, Second Amendment supporter. Hey Chuck,
3: good morning. How are you doing, sir?
0: I am so proud of you guys. I'm proud of ourselves. You know, uh we talked about this yesterday. We talked about the uh, State Rep uh the the state uh, legislature getting raises. And um, I thought that people would be upset with you guys getting a raise. And and just so that everybody understands, uh, they don't choose how much to get. It's a a private board. It's a citizen's board that decides whether or not to give uh, uh, state employees a raise. And you guys uh, haven't had a raise in, what, 8, 10 years, something like that? I think it was 14. Is it 14 years? But who's counting? Uh, So you get a few hundred bucks a year extra, and I asked listeners what they thought. Uh, And surprisingly, a majority of them were not upset that you guys were getting a raise. Then I asked them to rate uh, the legislature, and uh, you got everywhere from a 7 to a 9 out of 10. Uh, Well, one guy gave you a 10 out of 10. Not you personally, but the legislature. So they were pretty happy. But I'm exceedingly happy because you guys passed a piece of legislation out of the House. That is, that
3: for, yep. is really neat. Tell us what happened. Well, it, it's the Second Amendment Preservation Act. And it's it's moving through the Senate, too. It's moved out of the committee. I don't think it's on the calendar for the floor debate yet. But, um, but yeah, this basically, uh, it, there's a lot of misinformation flying out already. But this basically will not allow um, the federal overreach in Missouri on our Second Amendment rights. It's that simple. And it doesn't prohibit the... Enforcement of federal laws. It's still going to crack down on uh, people that are breaking the law, and um, I think it's a great piece of legislation. I'm cutting out here on my mic. Is, you guys hear that? No, we okay. can hear you fine. We're, you're cutting out on your headphones. Okay. Anyway, it's. Uh, I think it's a great piece of legislation. I was just uh, thrilled that we we passed it. It was a straight party line vote, and uh, now it's on on that uh, on the way to the Senate. One more payment, we get the good headphones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So, as
0: I understand it, the state of Missouri has some uh, rules, for instance, uh, full, fully automatic weapons and suppressors and stuff that all mimic the federal laws. Uh, and, and the state will enforce those laws. But if, for instance, uh, Biden comes out and says, you can't have a magazine with more than eight rounds, the state won't enforce that. That would be up to the federal government to come to Missouri and find out who's got a magazine with more than eight rounds.
3: Correct. It, put, yeah, it pushes back a lot more, too, on, on unreasonable taxes on ammunition and guns and, and uh, just, just all kinds of good stuff in this uh, piece of legislation. I'm, I'm just thrilled that we got it passed. I, that's why your ratings
0: are so much better than I expected. Uh, so let me uh, let me ask Dale. Any surprises in this? Are you are you uh, as excited about this as I am?
2: I am indeed, and the only surprises were good surprises. Um, you know, there were a lot of law enforcement officers who either misunderstood, you know, the contents of the bill, or you know they understood it and just worried about the impact. And either way, the the House uh, made amendments. I think it was on Thursday to remove anything that should concern a law enforcement officer, and I think it's a great bill.
0: So if, um, let's just say that that Biden, in fact, uh, gets legislation passed that says you can't have uh, more than, uh, you know, eight-round magazine. Ordinarily, the federal government would have local law enforcement that are working with them and for them at the same time as they're working... Their regular jobs is that right?
2: They would, and they and they currently do. I mean, I you know I'm not here on behalf of CPOA necessarily, but I can tell you our officers routinely work with ATF and and FBI, other federal agencies on a number of things. Um, so yes, that there would be some cooperation on that, and they would still do that as to well, excuse me, they wouldn't do that. They would continue to enforce laws against firearms violations against criminals, people who have a criminal offense, but they would not, local folks would not be able to work with federal folks to come to my house and say, do you have any magazines that hold more than eight rounds? The feds would have to do that all by themselves.
0: But if, uh, if I have a fully automatic rifle that I shouldn't have, they could work with the feds?
2: Yes. Since you made the qualifier that you shouldn't have, then that's a criminal offense, um, it's not protected under your Second Amendment right. We can debate whether it should be, but the point is it it would currently be an illegal offense, and they could certainly address that. So it's like how
1: Columbia treats weed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could make that
0: sort of analogy. So what happens uh, if uh, a, a law enforcement officer, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll take this back to uh, Chuck, what happens if a law enforcement officer... Uh, works with uh, burn him and turn him to fire, VATF, uh, to arrest somebody who has a magazine that has more than eight rounds.
3: Well, the the original bill before it was amended, listed uh, last Wednesday, had uh, there was enforcement actions that a citizen, a law abiding citizen, can take and go after an individual uh, police officer. So some of our uh, members that had law enforcement backgrounds were very uncomfortable with that because uh, a lot of police officers, just especially in smaller counties, they don't make a lot of money, and um, they were very, very concerned about that. So um, our speaker and the bill sponsor Jared Taylor and uh, the other bill sponsor Bishop Davidson, I believe he was in on it. Uh, they they worked uh, really hard and came up with an amendment and they changed that language to uh, make it departments that would uh, that somebody could go after a department for uh, damages, and that, that appeased all of our law enforcement people. It was, like I said, it was straight part of that vote, and then, ironically, the Democrats were accusing us of defunding the police. <laughs> and all kinds of other things. Oh, we, okay. we were called, uh, if you pass this bill, you're a wife-beater. I mean, uh, and, and he said it many times. It's just unbelievable the stuff they say on the floor.
0: But, that is incredible. Yeah. Let me go around the table very quickly, and I'll start with Garson, Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, Chiefs. Is uh, that how much? By how much?
1: Um, I don't care how much, as long as it's won, as long as they win, I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, I know, but, but what do you think? Uh, by
3: a touchdown, touchdown, yeah, I'll say the field seven, goal, seven
1: points. The Chiefs will take it by seven.
3: Chiefs by seven. Chuck, um, I would assume that the Chiefs will probably win, but I, I really have, I don't have a whole lot of interest in the game. Um, I kind of lost interest in professional sports. Oh, that's so sad. Because
0: it, it's going to be really exciting. I think this is going to be a very close game. Uh, I'm going to say the Chiefs pull it out by ten, uh, and 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 it's going to be a squeaker at that. It's going to be because that's when you know at the end of the game, that's when Kansas City really puts it together. Uh, so let me turn this around and uh, ask uh, Dale, who wins?
2: Well, and of course. Speaking as an attorney, which I am. I'm oh, boy, here it he goes. Uh, both sides of his mouth now. I'm just going to put my head down for this answer. <laughs> yeah, go you're, ahead. You're darn right. Uh, it's absolutely going to be won by the team with the most points.
0: Oh, that you call that a, a, a prediction? I, yeah, I'll give you a prediction. I, I'll tell you what. You're going to reach across
2: you, the table and hit me.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give you the score before the game even begins. You ready? Yes. Zero to zero. Oh, well done. Thank you.
2: That's a bar bet. I can tell where that came from. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it is, I, too. I,
2: I'd hope to see the Chief by something closer to 11 points, but maybe I'm too optimistic.
0: All right. Just, I wanted to get that out of the way. Tomorrow's the big day. Don't go to any big parties. Don't yell and scream. Don't get excited. Chuck, doesn't apply to you. That that won't be a problem.
1: And All you right. wear your two and three masks.
0: Yeah. It, it's a little harder <laughs> to breathe, but hey, what the hell. Uh, listen, we're up against a break. Uh, callers, hang on the line, because we're going to go right to the phone calls. Then we're going to talk about uh, the appeals court decision for the University of Missouri and a scenario that I ran past a couple of friends of mine on the National Gun Show. You're listening to Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 The Eagle. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Chuck Basie on board, state representative. Dale Robertson, CPOA. Garson is in from Graffs in Mexico, Missouri. Absolutely worth a ride down there they got everything. Uh, it, let me uh, let me do this. I'm going to jump in and grab some phone calls. 874-9390 if you're local. Toll free, it's 800-529-5572. Uh, Mike is on board. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns.
4: Good morning. Great show, always. Thank My you. question would be, under this new amendment, or what we're t- passed here, if the federal government um, restricts our bans assault weapons... Would I still be able to buy or sell my assault weapons in missouri
3: chuck i'm I honestly don't know what the answer to that is i um, uh, that's a very good question, but I think that would be um, might be uh, uh i just don't know honestly don't Dale do you have I was anything? just wondering how
4: we, how would they have the next check i mean they would they probably disapprove your next check i don't know.
3: Well, first got to define what an assault weapon is because they throw that term away around really, really freely. Um,
2: I'd say a couple of things. First of all, as to the NICS check, when that is sent in, the only thing that is, unless it's changed since I used to do them, they would report your, you know, biological information, name, uh, place of birth, age, maybe gender... Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, citizenship. It, but as to the weapon, the only thing that was reported was, is it a handgun or is it a rifle? And they didn't know if I was buying a Kimber or a High Point. They just knew I was buying a, a handgun. So in theory, if I buy a, you know, some kind of an, what, what someone thinks is an assault rifle, the next check until they change it, I wouldn't put that past them, is just going to say, he's buying a rifle period but as to could it still be legally purchased um you know kansas went through this process two or three years ago and said the federal government can't regulate anything that is made here in kansas it's not interstate commerce and i don't think the kansas legislation was written well enough to survive defeat by the federal government um so on something like that, it would, ha- I, you know, I suspect it would have to be a weapon that was wholly manufactured in Missouri, and there are plenty of those. And then the legislation would have to survive challenge in the court that it didn't interfere with federal law. So that, I mean, there could be some problems with them trying to sell them in Missouri, but I don't think the problem would be the Nix check as it exists right now. Does
4: that help, Mike? <clears throat> yeah, it right. helps. It, it doesn't really give me any hope that. I'd have any out once they do pass something like that. I mean, I could, you'd know, not even be able to pass it on to my children. But um, well, there, uh,
1: there's no next check required to pass it on to your children.
4: Well, yeah, but I mean, if, the, if it's outright banned, um, I don't know that I'd want to put, I, I have been collecting for a number of years and I don't know if I'd want to put that burden on them. I mean, how would they get rid of them? Um, so I don't know. That's something that they need, might be maybe need to add to that bill.
0: Well, They'll have to take a look at it, but I I will give you this bit of advice, Mike. If you're in a quandary about what to do with these firearms that you've been collecting for years, give me a call. What? I'm just trying to help the guy. I know where you're going. Go ahead. Well, I'm just trying to help him. You just beat me to it. (laughs) I don't suppose you'll do that, but okay. Mike, thank you for the call. Uh, Great question. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Here I go trying to help a guy, and you guys are making fun of me. I, I don't know.
1: You guys, it uh, was Dale. That was all on Dale.
0: Yeah, that's true. It was uh, more on Dale than anything uh, anybody else. Uh, there are uh, some really interesting stories out there. Uh, one of them, I ran this scenario past a couple of friends of mine, and we we mildly disagreed on part of the response. I'll probably do that in the next hour. Um, the uh, The other uh, story is the appeals court siding with the state. Uh, In the U.M. gun rule case, uh, and I think uh, probably Dale uh, has a a better insight into the results of that. Uh, Gun sales, I am, you know, it is amazing what's going on in gun sales. Uh, According to the Daily Wire, January set a record for gun sales. You understand it since last year. You know, the sale of firearms and ammunition has so gone through the roof that they can't keep up. You know, I could ask Garson how you guys are doing getting ammo, and I'll probably get an answer like, What ammo? How are you guys doing getting ammo? Uh,
1: Everything comes in and goes right back out the door. So you're not stocking? You don't have, I mean, it just gone. Everything's going to fill back orders. Uh, In fact, um, based on what our suppliers are telling us, we have uh, suspended. Um, new back orders.
0: Because you can't get your hands on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the Democrats have taken over the White House and Congress, sales are up even over that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. All right. So hang on. Let me see. Uh, Brian, I got about three minutes, two minutes. All right. Let me get uh, Johan. Johan, welcome. How are you? I'm doing just
3: splendidly. Uh, Concerned for our current and future generations whether we'll have any freedom left. Uh and my question is uh about dealership. When firearm dealers are currently operating under the current laws and then suddenly we're all as individuals required to get a new license that we're not sure is possible to get due to all the administrative processes uh and permissions maybe difficult or impossible to get such a license, certainly not quickly. Uh, are dealers going to be allowed to sell any guns, or are they just going to be pretty much shut down for lack of qualified customers in our state? Well,
0: My guess is that uh, they won't be able to get anything through that's so draconian uh, that, that uh, we can't find customers. And I also have some uh, faith in the Supreme Court shooting down some of the uh, uh, legislation that's been proposed. Uh, the court, for the first time since the 1930s, has a constitutional bent to it. Um, and I think, uh, you know, that's the the great Satan as far as the uh, Democrats are concerned, the anti-gun people. So I think we're going to be safe. Uh, the Second Amendment Preservation Act is kind of like, in my opinion, uh, icing on the cake. Uh, so I, I I think we'll still be able to buy guns. But it would be nice if we just got rid of all federal anti-gun legislation because it is unconstitutional. Johan, thank you, thank you for the call, buddy. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns eight seven four ninety three ninety eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. We'll find out uh, what this appeals court ruling is and where it goes with regard to the University of Missouri. Uh, in fact, if you're a listener of the weekday show, uh, this all started. Uh, with uh Jennifer Bukowski, who is uh, a regular guest uh on the on the program uh Professor uh, Barandes came to her to start this. The state took it over eventually find out what 's going on and whether you can carry or not and what the implications are next I'm and carry on guns hot talk 93.9 three nine eagle hey welcome, glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is 35 minutes after the hour, and Chuck Basie, state representative and Second Amendment supporter, he's on board with us. Dale Roberts is in from the CPOA, and Garson, of course, from Graffs in uh, Mexico, Missouri. And uh, University of Missouri rule that prohibits people from possessing or discharging guns on campus conflicts with a law that says the state cannot prohibit its employees from having firearms in their cars while on state property. The Missouri Court of Appeals uh, said this, uh, the Western District uh, ruled this on Tuesday. The story is at the Columbia Missourian, so I'm gonna start with the attorney in the crowd. Uh, Dale, what do you you make of this decision? What are the limits, and where does it go from here in your opinion?
2: As far as the limits, the first thing I've been telling people is that um, the rule only in the first place, the rule, only applied to faculty, students, and staff. It doesn't stop me from having a weapon on campus, a firearm on campus, um, because I I don't come under the rules. I'm not a student, faculty, or staff. Um, So as to much of the public, it technically wasn't a change, although people don't know that, and they certainly don't talk about it. But as to faculty, students, and staff, um, university rules said, can't have a firearm here Uh, The legislature some years ago passed a provision that said um, the state shall not prohibit any state employee from having a firearm in the employee's vehicle on the state's property, basically as long as the vehicle's locked and the firearm is not visible. So the Court of Appeals said, you know, the legislature has preempted the authority on this area. You can't, you the university can't make a rule or you the employer can't make a rule that violates state statute. Pretty pretty simple logic to me. So, and where this goes, you know, I'm, I hate to say it, but I'm pretty confident the university will continue to spend taxpayer money to infringe second Amendment rights. I'm sure they're gonna try and take this to the Missouri Supreme Court and spend a lot more money on it. And the Missouri attorney general will continue to defend the statute and the right. And, you know, we're off to the races again.
0: All right. Pre this decision, if uh, Professor Brande brought his firearm with him to the campus and somehow they found out, could they fire him or would they
2: have him arrested? They could not have him arrested because it, it was not a criminal offense. They could discipline him as an employee. And, of course, the interesting thing in his case, he's a tenured professor, and in theory, they can only be fired for crimes of moral turpitude. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know what other provisions. Usually a tenured professor can only be fired for a crime of moral turpitude. Um, but in any offense, you know, prior to this, there, I mean, there's never a criminal offense. It's a university rule, like you have to wear shoes in the classroom or what have you. So they could discipline, you know, students, faculty, and staff for violating campus rules.
0: All right, so if I'm a student, I don't have that protection, they can, what, throw me off campus?
2: Uh, Yes, throw you off campus, kick you out of school, refuse to give you your transcript, whatever, you know.
0: Whatever they decide.
2: Yeah, you betcha.
0: It's going to be interesting to see how this uh, turns out. Yeah, I I agree with you. I don't think they're going to stop. I I think they're going to pursue this. Um, The fascinating thing is that if you're correct, and I assume you are, you're an attorney, and I've heard you talk about this in the past, I could carry a gun on campus. I could leave a gun in my car or conceal carry. Is that right? Yes, sir. So the bad guy would do that, uh, but a professor who might be able to stop the bad guy wouldn't.
2: Absolutely right.
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. Let me go to the phones. We get another question on the Second Amendment Preservation Act, uh, and that'll be probably uh, probably that's going to go to Chuck. Uh, but let's see, John. Welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns.
5: Good morning. I thank you for being there, Chuck. I mean, you've been there for us so many ways, and when people don't realize it, I went down there, and the Democrats were. Or you just want violent people? They told me you just want violent people to be able to have guns. So you wouldn't believe what Chuck said, it, but I really heard it with my own ears. I've seen these people in their actions, and at the same time, I haven't seen very many down there at all that are supporting Chuck and what he's trying to get accomplished. Now maybe they're making phone calls and they're sending emails. But I physically have not seen them walking and in, in talking to the legislators down there in support of this bill. So you want to ask Chuck, or I can ask him, what would be the effect? Would it be more positive for us if people took the day off and went down there and said, I'd like to have you support House Bill 85?
3: Uh, that's certainly uh, one avenue. You can send an email. You can just make a telephone call. But we're getting a lot of support. There's, uh, you know, I, I shared... Uh, a um graphic that the uh, our caucus sent out for us to use in social media and it's been shared i think close to 80 times now on, on the social media page of mine and um it's this is a very popular bill and again this is for law-abiding citizens this is not allowing criminals to have more freedoms um the criminals don't care what the laws are now they 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 just don't and um but uh, law-abiding gun owners are very worried about what's going to happen, especially now that we have this new administration, and some members of Congress are hell-bent to come after our our freedoms. And it's it's right there, right there in front of us. It's, it's, they used to hide a lot of this stuff, but now they're very open about it. So, but thank you, John. I appreciate it. It was nice talking to you the other day, too. Good talking hey,
0: to you, too. Thank you. Thank you, John. Glad to have you carry on carry-on guns. You know, when you're listening to the program, if you're going to listen... You know, if you're going to eavesdrop, pay attention. William Parker, uh, who it just is no end of not paying attention, says, it's interesting how you talk about the law the Second Amendment Preservation Act. It's meant to inhibit the enforcement of unconstitutional laws. While at the same time saying, don't worry, it won't stop the enforcement of unconstitutional laws. I didn't say that. You go back and listen to the show, William. I didn't say that. You're not listening to me. In fact, I already pointed out my opinion on handgun laws at the federal level. So, quit sending me stupid messages like this one. You seem to think only Biden's unconstitutional laws are bad. Like I said, if you're going to eavesdrop, pay attention, William. Some people are, you know, it's like, get your own show. How about that? Uh, Let me go to Les on the phones here. Les, welcome. Glad to have
5: you on the Gary Nolan Show. Hey, Garrett, Gary, uh, I want to point out to Chuck that when you were rating the, the uh, uh, representative that you gave Sheree Tolson Rice in an 11, and Chuck didn't get that high. No. No. Uh, my question now is to Dale. Dale had put out there that he can carry on the University of Missouri property uh, and not worry about it, but with the Federal School Safety Act, it says that you cannot take a gun on there unless you have a permit issued by the state so i want people to clarify yes is a conceal and carry state but you should get a permit because there are places that you cannot go without that permit or you will get in trouble so dale can uh, flesh that out a little more
0: yeah there what- are certain uh there are certain limits on uh concealed carry without a permit
2: uh, and i and i would know i mean I'm glad to hear people like Les who have, who have actually tracked some of these issues down. However, the Gun Free School Zones Act only applies to schools, and schools are defined as K through 12. So, the Gun Free School Zones Act would not stop someone from carrying on a campus of higher education if Mizzou is in fact higher education. No, um, depends no, on what no, they My
5: question then. Uh, is can you open carry on the University of Missouri campus?
2: I would advise not, and in the reason, and I should clarify what I said earlier about there's no criminal offense. Uh, the university, as with any other, they're considered a property owner. They're not really private property owner, um, but any property owner can tell me I would like you to leave my property, and I must do so, or I could be arrested for trespassing. So, if the unif- if I'm on campus and they go, oh my gosh, that's Dale Roberts, he's a gun nut, you know, I bet he has a gun, um, you know, if they ask me to leave, I have to leave or I could be arrested for trespassing, um, although under the statute 571.107, it specifically says, shall not be a criminal act. Um, and so, open carry, obviously, the, the second they see a firearm on campus, they're going to jump on it. And in fairness then i support represent and defend law enforcement officers in fairness uh out of an abundance of caution they're going to stop you and try to you know figure out what's going on you may be detained for some period of time and eventually you will be asked please leave the campus so there's a the trespass issue um, and again open carry is just going to make you an in an instant target for attention
0: all right Thank you. There you go. I got to run, buddy. Appreciate the call. And by the way, Chuck, just so you know, uh, the reason you scored just a little bit, and I do mean just a little bit, uh, less than Cherie, was I didn't, I'm didn't. i not crazy about that legislation for rental property. I, I think that's a, a... But other than that, I mean, you, you're somewhere up around 9, I believe, if not uh, 10. Well, so, I appreciate that. Just so you know, I'm, I'm perfectly honest about that. All right, 874-9390, toll-free number... Wow. I'll I'll just have to explain this to you, but there's a disagreement that I had earlier on the national show. I'll bring it to the table this morning next. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Uh, It is uh, 51 minutes after the hour, and Garson is in from Uh, Graffs. He's going to talk about a couple of firearms. We've got uh, State Representative Chuck Basie on board with us. Dale Roberts in from the CPOA. And I had, uh, on the national show, this conversation with a couple of friends of mine, um, and it, it deals with being in a sandwich shop. It's it, it, The story is at Ammo Land. and here's the story. It's been a long day. You're hungry, so you pull over to buy some food from a well-known sandwich shop. It's dark outside, but a number of people are still eating and ordering food two of the customers inside the sandwich shop begin to argue one of them pulls out a knife that's when lots of people leave the shop except you you shout for the man to stop you're there when the man with the knife stabs the other customer now you run to your vehicle you grab your gun you run back inside and order the attacker to stop He stops the attack and retreats. You hold the attacker at gunpoint until the police arrive. So, I went over this scenario with a couple of friends of mine. And a couple of things here that that struck me. One of them is, everybody leaves. There's a guy who's stabbing somebody. I'm not armed. I'm not likely to stand there unarmed and tell a man who's clearly willing to murder, stop. So, under the same scenario, up to the point where the guy is being stabbed, what would you do? And I'm going to start with uh, Garson.
1: I'd do what everyone else did. I'd leave. Would you get your gun, come back inside, and stop the guy? I don't have a vested interest in their lives, so no.
0: Even if you knew you had to drop on him and you could save his life?
1: I'm, I'm not putting my... Personal freedoms at risk for people I don't know.
0: Okay, um let me uh go to Dale.
2: There are a couple of facts that I don't know, but I mean, if the first thing is yes, I I do believe I'd leave, and hopefully I wouldn't have been in there without my firearm in the first place. But yeah, that bit, was, that's <laughs> something that
0: we all said. Yeah, we, so, we all said.
2: So uh, yes, I'd leave. I'd get my firearm. I I would have already called nine one one. The Missouri statute gives me, gives us all the right to use force, deadly force, to defend my life or the life of another. So my question at that point is, did everybody leave the... You know, is there anybody still in the shop in immediate danger? Um,
0: Well, certainly the guy who's had a knife shoved into him is in immediate danger.
2: Sure. And again... You know, if he's been stabbed and then the person with the knife decides, my work here's done, uh, you know, that would affect what, what my, you know, what my reaction would be. Um, but I, I would certainly leave the shop, you know, get my firearm and then keep an eye on what's going on and, and make a decision based on the totality of the facts. All right,
0: let me tweak, let me tweak it a little bit to give you some, Uh-oh. a little bit more facts. On the way out the door, you're dialing 911, uh, telling them what's going on and where. You grab your firearm, uh, and you look at this. uh, The victim is still being stabbed.
2: Yes, I would go in and stop the attack. All right. And Uh, I realize, as Garson said, to some extent, you expose yourself to... Some potential problems. Yeah. The statute says I should be safe, but we all know, you know, if the prosecuting attorney is up for re-election, you know. Anyway, yeah. yes.
3: All right, uh, Chuck. Well, that's a it's a tough question. I uh, I I don't know. I really don't know what I would do, but it would be a very uncomfortable situation. But I, I kind of lean towards what Garson said. I'd I'd be hesitant to to get involved, but I I, I would. I think I would tend to try and at least stop it or get him away from the person he's trying to injure.
0: Well, that's, that would be, um, I think, morally, I would feel that I could, if I could do this, uh, that I should. Legally, I don't have any obligation. I will not go to lunch with Garson. I'm just saying, because if somebody starts stabbing I would me,
1: expect you to have your own gun, <laughs> and you can defend yourself. <laughs> and and Gary, remember, you yeah. know, they, they always classify people as sheep... Wolves and sheepdogs.
0: Yeah,
2: um, I count myself as the badger. <laughs>
0: as the badger,
2: Gary. Could I ask one other fact? Yeah. So who's the person getting stabbed? Because that's going to affect my decision.
0: All right. Well, let's say
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm being sarcastic. You yeah, know but me. you
0: know what? This came up on the on the Chuck other conversation. How did yeah. you
1: vote in the last election?
2: <laughs> Chuck yeah. would never do that.
0: So this came up. This came up in the other conversation too. I said, what if it's me? You know, what if it's just a friend of yours? I'll help him. Carson you know, there are lots of people working at grafts. I, I, think, I think maybe it's time to find someone new. Oh, there's
1: lots of people at grafts. I don't know how much they work.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, they wanted employment, not a Garson's
2: mic just stopped working.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the way it usually works. Uh, what if it's somebody you know? Uh, even if it's a complete stranger. See, I'm on, I think I'm I'm closer in my decision-making process to Dale Roberts than I am uh, Garson Garson. Uh, I would, if I, if I thought I could do this and save somebody's life, I would probably go back in and and try and so stop it.
1: The other, the other thing that's always eating away at the back of my mind is there's been instances where armed citizens have interjected themselves in conflicts they had no business in and have ended up shooting an undercover cop.
0: Yeah, I don't see an undercover cop stabbing somebody.
1: I, I don't either, but that is always there in the back of my mind. You know.
0: But if I go in, if he's got a knife and that's the only weapon he's wielding, I go in with a firearm. Uh, and, sure, and of but of course, I mean, this, the, I'm, what I'm going to, I'm not going to shoot example, the guy. I'm going I'm to tell him That's something stuff.
1: everyone needs to be aware of.
0: Yeah, that is, if somebody's shooting. All right. We'll 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 keep this going on the other side. Uh, we've got several other stories we want to talk about. And then Garson from Graffs has a couple of firearms he wants to talk about. That's all coming up on Gary on Guns on Hot Talk 93.90. <laughs>